Hello and welcome back everyone to the Reader Coffee Podcast, a comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, May 31st. My name is Chris. I'm joined by my co-host Daniel. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hope you guys had a, a good long weekend if you guys did have that. Yeah, um, we're back. We were out for one week. That's right. We are on, on location, on report. Uh, on location, yeah. Yeah, uh, we went to Comic-Con Revolution in Ontario, California. Yeah, not Canada, not that far of a trip. Yeah. Just a little Comic-Con over there. It was fun. I got Pretty to dope. meet... Um, the re- main reason I want to go is to get a signature and meet one specific person. And who was that? Uh, it was... Um, I didn't get to do it. It was... What, what cosplayer Mae, was it? May Whitman <laughs> from Avatar. Yeah. Uh, no, but it seems like the whole cast of Avatar was there. Last Edmund Edmund cartoon. Yeah, which was, I, I don't watch. I I enjoyed the cartoon. It was a yeah. pretty cool. I like to see them in person, like in passing. I didn't yeah. pay for any photo shoot things. Long lines. There were yeah. I feel like most of the people at the Comic Con yeah. were there for the Avatar voice actors. Right. It was long lines to get a ticket to watch their panel. Yeah. Right. There was yeah. like a whole process to it. You bought the ticket and now you used to win line to get a wristband to show up at the panel. Yeah. And and that was a big deal. But yeah, like there was like a big cast. Rufio was there. Dante Bosco was there. Um, I think the guy that played Aang was there. Yeah. And just like a bunch of characters, like even... They had pretty much the main cast, I think. Yeah, Azula's and all those, yeah. That's cool. I wish I knew more about it. You I wish I cared? interested. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what I was more interested in was um, they had some comic book legends there. Mm-hmm. Chris Claremont, we got his autograph. That was fun. Um, you got the autograph for Marv Wolfman. I did. I turned out I randomly had a new Teen Titans, and apparently he wrote that. So my, oh, <laughs> I didn't know that was in my collection. Might as well get a signature from him. Uh, Wills Portacio. Yeah, he was there. A fellow Filipino. Shout yeah, out to him. Great X-Men uh, comic book writer. Yeah, creator of, of Bishop. Yeah. He brought brought in the Jerry Curls in the comics. Yeah. Oh, man. Soul Glow. <laughs> yeah. I remember we had like a hiccup at the start of the whole day. Remember that? Oh, yes. So we stayed at a, a hotel, which is more like a long-term suites kind of thing because it's right next to the convention. Right. Because it had like a kitchen and everything, right? A kitchenette. Yeah. So uh, we're only going to stay there literally like 12 hours. I don't know. We landed at night. We're going to sleep. And then check out right in the morning to go to the convention. Yeah, that was the the one night we were there for the convention. And we're checking out in the morning. This is probably like 9 a.m. Yeah, we're pretty, like 8.30, yeah. We're we're like, okay, we're checking out. We're just going to go to the convention. I go up to the front desk. Can you watch our luggage for us for the day? That's a typical thing. Hotels do that all the time. Right. We've done that a bunch of times at hotels. Yeah. Not this one. They would not do it. Apparently, the receptionist got in trouble the one time she did it in the past from her yeah. boss. And I bet something came up and they just don't want liability anymore. But that's lame. Like, that should still be like a policy. Yeah. Work around it. I don't know. I'm just saying. So, like, what are we going to do? Go to the con with our luggage all day? I <laughs> That was not going to happen. Yeah. And we were like, well, what? how much is one more night? And that was like 150 bucks. And we looked at each other like, no. Uh, there's got to be a better way. Not worth it. So luckily, we were going to go to a different hotel the following night. That's right. At uh, Right across the street from Disneyland because we we're going to go to Disneyland the next day. Why not? Yeah. So I called that hotel and asked... If we could hold our luggage there, which that hotel, we know they do it. Yeah. But instead, prior to check-in, usually we do it after check-out. Right. Of course. Yeah. They said, sure. And I was like, great. But now I have to 
Uber there with our luggage and then Uber back to the convention. So two extra Uber rides that I wasn't planning for and I didn't allot time for. Right. So we we were we're ahead of schedule in the morning. We're a skipper, but by the by the time the convention is starting, you're like on the road still coming back. Right. I, by the time I got, because it's like a 40 minute drive. Yeah. So when I got to the second hotel to drop off our luggage, you were like entering the con already, like it started. I think so. I think I was already entering. I went through security and all that. And then we were there for the comic book legends, like you said. So I decided to get in line. Yeah. And, you know, there was a rigmarole in the beginning of the con. Uh, we're there for Chris, Chris Claremont. Right. And he, I think he seems like a really talkative guy. So the line went pretty slow. Right. Uh, there was not that many people in front of me, but it did take a long time. And that worked to our advantage. Right. So I'm on my way back now, another 40 minute ride. Mm-hmm. And you're texting me like, hey, I'm in line already, but I still have to go like through security and then right. find you. So I finally get through there. Um, luggage is safe at the next hotel. Mission accomplished. And I get into the artist alley room and I'm looking for you. I'm literally at the like second in line at the front of his line <laughs> because it's moving. And it's like perfect, serendipitous, perfect timing that you walk in then and you can enter and just uh, cut in line. <laughs> I, I didn't really, I didn't cut my comic books cut you just passed them over to to you to get them signed (laughs) so i got my x-men number one which already had jim lee's signature the artist cool so now um i got the writer chris claremont to sign it all as well uh and then also it's a a rough a reader copy if you will issue of uh the first appearance of mr sinister is it oh wow that's the one with havoc on the cover yeah and wolverine Mm mm-hmm and then um, uh, X-Men versus Teen Titans book that he wrote. I got that uh, signed as well. Pretty dope. Uh, so we got those signed. I think I just had a, like a lot of early new means signed, like three of those. And then I probably X-Men think I forgot what I had. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was fun. Perfect timing. It, it, when I look back at the line, it was around. It was, it was long. It was around the, the block. Right. Not around the block. Across the whole room, basically. Around the room, yeah. Yeah. So... That, that would have been the maybe the whole convention if he had to go to the back of the line. <laughs> Especially because he likes to talk. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm yeah. saying. He's, he's a very uh, fun guy to talk to, yeah. Right. Yeah. We also sat in on his panel that him and Wills Potassio shared, like uh, the artist. Yeah. For talking about X-Men in the 80s, which I enjoyed a lot. That was fun, yeah. Uh, it's just them kind of reminiscing about yeah. the time when they were like at the top of the game writing right. for X-Men. I, like Wills Pistachio, he was like, the X-Men room, like the writer room, the artist yeah. room, like that was like the upper echelon at the time. Right. Like, and he was, was so like thankful to be there. like the heyday of X-Men. Exactly, right? I, I loved hearing him talk about that and like, even like him comparing himself to Jim Lee. Yeah. And like, he was like, Jim Lee, he's like Ivy League. I was just like the... <laughs> punk kid. <laughs> I was a punk... He kept saying punk kid at the yeah. time. I'm just a punk kid that got to, to write, to, to draw for X-Men and it's, work it's, my way in there. It's cool. I, I think um, it's, it's very long time ago. Yeah. So I think Chris Claremont doesn't have hard feelings anymore. Sure. Because he pretty much, he said like, I wrote that X-Men book and then Jim Lee drew it. And I think like after four issues, he was fired. Yeah. It was one of those ultimatums. Like, yeah. it's me or him. Okay. It's you then. Yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, he was talking about it because at the time, Jim Lee was like the it guy. Right. For drawing the comics, right? So when he said it was him or me, because I guess they disagreed on what they wanted stories to tell. Sure. Uh, Marvel stuck with Jim Lee. He was the one that's selling comics. And then, and so like four issues later, Chris Claremont got fired. Yeah. And then I think like, it's like three more issues later, Jim Lee just left. He just left? To, Is that when he made image? When they made Image Comics. <laughs> I mean, Will Sprostache was in that in the yeah. first beginning. Like he yeah. was ready to jump ship too. Yeah, and then and then it kind of fell through at that point. But he was part of that movement at first too. Right. Yeah. So very interesting. I wonder what could have been if Chris Claremont stayed on that X Men run. Man, he was already on that for years. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's done literally almost everything X Men. So yeah, which is like crazy they did pick jim lee because it's like people at the time they love their artists like they would right. buy a book for the artist not yeah. the writer even though he's written for it for years and years at that time yeah it was definitely like a new style so like it was kind of defining art style of the 90s yeah yeah this was another instance of me like looking dumb talking to comic book creators <laughs> wow because he, he was like hey feel free to ask me any questions or whatever if, yeah. if, you, if, you, if as long as they're not dumb and then i, I asked the question like so have you like uh have you like uh worked on any of like the x-men work recently have you like have they uh talked to you about anything like and get your opinions on it and he was like no he kind of even didn't say no he just shaked his head no yeah and i was like okay i feel dumb they just signed my comics and let me get out of here <laughs> of course not everyone knows that i said no dumb questions <laughs> all in all it was a fun con uh, I miss going to conventions. I think there there used to be way more back before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there are some small ones around us, and we're yeah. just missing the opportunity to go. But I, I want to get into that groove again. Yeah, um, definitely digging through boxes, looking for deals and comics. I I finally finished my Uncanny X Force run. Wow! So really? I found like the one comic that was missing, and I, I completed it. Now I don't know what to look for. <laughs> What's the next step of that? All of the variants of that run? No, I'm done. You're not doing that, really? <laughs> Maybe an, a different number one, because the number one I have is in a slab. Right. And it's like a variant cover. So if I can find the default number one, and it's not super expensive, maybe I'll get it. Wow, okay. That's that's your go-to next yeah. find, Holy Grail yeah. find. Okay. I also get Remender's signature on them. On that one? On all 36 issues. Okay. <laughs> He's going to love you. <laughs> yeah, at the conventions, we see people... Actually, we did see people with their luggage. Because oh, right. they have their rolling luggage, and inside of those, they have like comic book omnibuses that the yeah. gang signed by the creators. So th we wouldn't look dumb. We wouldn't fit right in. Everyone, right? We wouldn't not look dumb around these comic book nerds. Yes, except ours is full of clothes. Exactly. <laughs> Can you sign my shirt, Chris Claremont? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was fun. We're back now. Um, if you haven't um, listened to us in a while, why don't you explain how the show works? Here at Reader Copy, we split it up into three bits. First up, we'll run down the comic book news that came in this week. In the middle, we'll talk about a comic book. And today, we're doing Spider-Man 2099. At the end, we'll talk about our side stories, which is where we talk about the, any entertainment we've enjoyed this week, movies, TVs, uh, shows, any uh, game, video games, things like that. All right, let's hop into the news. Talking about conventions, a convention that has been struggling and then now has been yet canceled huh. 
was uh, E3. Oh, right. Yeah, that does not happen anymore. People don't like to see other people anymore. Oh, I think it's just like video game companies like, why do we need this? <laughs> we can yeah. do it for free. There's we a can, thing called the internet. Yeah, we can just tell people stuff without having like a big deal about it. So that's what Sony did. Mm. They had their like PlayStation showcase where they announced pretty much what they would announce at E3, the big games convention. They just did a video online. Really? So they just don't have, they don't need to make an appearance really. Yeah. What's the point? I mean, most people just watch it online anyway. Yeah. So just put it on YouTube. It is fun watching the people on those talks. Yeah. And watch them like flounder and like get flustered. It's like not playing when they say, no, it's so let's fun. have a look. And then nothing comes out. And you know, the video game nerds are the ones that like are the most heinous commenters. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, it's so good. They're nitpicky. Yeah. Love it. Well, one of the big ones that I'm excited for that Sony announced uh, is the next Spider-Man game, Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Um, I've played the first one, and then I played the Miles Morales, like, kind of like add-on game. Right. Half game. It, both games are phenomenal. I, really? I'd say, like, maybe maybe 10 out of 10, maybe 9.5 out of 10. For both of them? I yeah. have played the first one, and it was pretty damn fun. And it was the PS4 version back right. then. Uh, but yeah, it's just like these uh, superhero games, like the yeah. Batman Arkham Knights type of thing right. framework. And then the Spider-Man swinging element is such a good game. So satisfying. Yeah. Story is really good too. Oh yeah? Uh, I actually enjoy the Miles Morales game probably more. Really? Even though it's a smaller game for what it was, it's like more entertaining per play, I guess. I per beats yeah. or something? Okay. Yeah. Um, but we got to see gameplay for the second game, or Spider-Man 2 is what they're calling it. Even right. though it's kind of like the third game um, where you play, you'll be playing both as Peter and Miles. Uh, they introduced who I'm assuming is like one of the main villains. Yeah. Which is going to be Craven. Yes. I'm excited for that. Craven's going to be big this year. <laughs> <laughs> He's the it guy. Yep. He's going to, you see him all, all fashion shows. We're all going to be Craven some Craven. All right. Okay. Love it. Um, but if you remember in the first Spider-Man, huh. they alluded to like, this is the main villain, but then there's like a secret villain later. Oh, really? Okay. So Mr. Negative was like the one they kept showing. Mm. And then there was like a, a reveal that he's, he's more to it. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be a bigger villain or more villains that is a bigger deal than Craven in the next one. Huh. Um, because we see Peter in the symbiote black suit. Yes. I like their take on his black suit in this game. Yeah. It's not, it, typically you see him and it's just kind of like, like kind of the Spider-Man, no design, kind of just flat, just black. black. shiny kind of. Here he has like kind of like a padding, like it's almost like armor. If right. you look at his shoulders, it looks like he's wearing like, it looks like he's wearing a Gen Sport backpack almost. <laughs> I like the look of it. There's like a thickness to it? Yeah, like it's puffy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks cool. It looks organic. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then we get to see him using it, and it's like stretchy arms and throwing guys around. He's making spikes out of his suit. It looks super cool. I'm very excited to play with that power. He like jumps around like he's made out of ink or something. Yeah. Kind of just like... It's like Splatoon. Right. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, and then you, we get the obvious story beats. He's going to... his more aggro of a Peter Parker. Yeah. But then there's Miles Morales is there and he's like looking at him like, well, P Petey's not usually like this. So there's a difference in timeline in the comics. So I kind of like that. Right. They're overlapping a big difference in time in the comics. Right. But 
I I'm, I think it's a great way to tell the story. Uh, Miles is still learning, so he's kind of like a sidekick to Peter. Right. But I, I'm assuming they're going to have to face off sometime in the game. Huh, already. Because of the suit that Peter's wearing. I'm curious, like Craven, right? He's the yeah. whole propelling story of this thing um it sounded like he was tired of his whole regular hunting routine yeah and he's going to midtown to find someone to kill and it's not like he's just eyeing spider-man it looks like he's also looking at the villains in the city yeah just big thing big game hunting right uh throughout the city right yeah. so i wonder if like maybe the villains have to team up with spider-man at a certain oh. point like Craven has like a whole team, it looks like, that he's is invading the city. Right. The, the sequence we see, he's not chasing after Spider-Man or, or or Miles. He's chasing after the lizard. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, Kirk Connors. So like Spider-Man's trying to protect Dr. Connors while Craven and his team are trying to take him down. So that's why there's this whole battle. And uh, in the game, which is cool, I don't know how much you'll do this in actual game, but like... Um, you're first playing as Peter, but then you have to switch and play as Miles like instantly. Yeah. So I wonder if there's like a, if you can control that back and forth or right. if it's just in the game, but uh, that, that looks fun to play as different. You'll have different power sets every time you switch. That is a big question. Is it just like a transition to a new scene? Is that where you're jumping? Yeah. Or is it like a button switch? Like in the Guardians of the Galaxy game, when you're in the same, when you're in the same battle, you can just switch off different characters. Right, right. And use their powers. Yeah. Maybe it's like that. I'm curious about that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Miles Morales, does he feel... I never played the Miles Morales game. Does it's different. He plays different. Like like the swinging, of course, is the same. Close, yeah. But he has different powers because like in, in the comics, like his like electric shock powers his invisibility powers that's very different than peter parker spider-man uh and then plus peter parker spider-man with the symbiote suit is even more powers wow okay so i'm I'm very interested to see like how that gameplay is when you're switching back and forth and then um also added is a ganky yeah so it looks like he's like controlling one of the drones that Craven's team has. Oh yeah. So he can kind of like help you infiltrate some some scenes. It looked like that sounds fun because part of, half of these games is like sneaking in or something, right? right? Hiding behind a corner or whatever yeah. to get to the mission and the mission. Yeah. Um. With all of the like the tools Craven has. And like the whole team he has, his whole philosophy is like, I want someone that's going to give me a challenge. When he has all these tools and things and like friends. Yeah. He doesn't just, even do anything. Just do it yourself and then it's a challenge. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? Like give yourself the challenge, you know? Well, uh, he's rich, right? He is rich. Yeah. He's so, basically like a spoiled brat. Yeah. So uh, that's part of the challenge is like, can you find guys to hire to oh. do this for you? That's the challenge. The challenge <laughs> is going on indeed.com finding <laughs> recruiting. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I, I think the game is going to be funner than the first two. Hopefully the story I'm interested in because the first two games had a very good story. Oh yeah. So, and they still fit like a lot of characters They made it work. Mm-hmm. So this one, it seems like it's working because like you have Craven and lizard and then Spider-Man. So seems like yeah there's a reason why they're all there yeah all together. but i think they're going to be adding more characters um there are some cliffhangers from the first one that i hope pay off in this one okay i know what cliffhangers you're talking about they were not resolved in the Miles morales yet no Miles morales is pretty much its own story his own story okay yeah. that's that's good for my end as a in my position there's okay. there's cliffhangers in the Miles morales story that oh, i'd really? like to see uh-huh. in this one 
Um, there's a scene where, like, uh, in the beginning of the trailer, Craven's in the jungle and he catches somebody or whatever. Yeah. And then some guy's like, oh, what about this? This is the concrete jungle where, where <laughs> dreams are made of. <laughs> And then, and then he's looking at it, and it's like a pop-ups of all these thumbnails of characters come yeah. up, right? So um, one of them was, uh, everyone will know this from the Miles Morales game, but Prowler is one of those that popped up. Oh, really? Okay. So I'd like to see maybe that story, get a little bit more from that story in, in this one. Unfold. Yeah. Okay. I see. Okay. So he's entered in that in that video game. Sure. I mean, I like he's that. a huge part of Miles' backstory. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Did Jay-Z show up in, in <laughs> was one of the enemies in New York? Uh, Alicia Keys? Cool. <laughs> As long as Little Miles is not in this video game, it's going to be great. Okay. I love it. So I don't know when that comes out. I think it's later this year. Oh, yeah. But I'm hoping it's sooner rather than later uh, because I'm going to be busy later this year watching some Disney Plus series. That's right. Uh, they announced that Loki Season 2 will be starting on October 6th of this year. Now, are you excited for Loki? Uh, Loki, the first season, was probably my favorite Disney Plus series. Um and it seems like the show, that and maybe like WandaVision and probably uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, those three shows really had the most like impact in the movies. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, other shows, not so much. Yeah. Not She-Hulk? She's not? Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but mostly Lo uh, Loki. So I want to see how Loki season two is going to affect because we know Jonathan Majors is in it. Jonathan Majors. I mean, uh, he is supposed to be such an instrumental part of the MCU, him yeah. as the big Kang villain. But behind the scenes stuff with his arrest and allegations. He's an like even bigger villain. Okay. <laughs> All right, go on. <laughs> Supposedly. <laughs> this this is uh, why the, there's, there was a writer strike. <laughs> What if he got arrested for Because okay. it was like What domestic violence And assault Or something yeah. like that What if he was like It wasn't me It wasn't my very Oh my Did someone else Warning my face Come on <laughs> It was Loki It was, it was Victor Timely <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a big question mark for the whole MC as a whole, but uh, I'm still excited for Loki. I mean, it's it has so much, it like affected the whole MCU in its own thing and, and doing that in a TV yeah. show was was weird already. It had like a taste to it, like the look at the TVA right, and, yeah. and, you know, the their agents and all that. Um, and how is that going to all be changed with season two? Because the TVA itself changed, right? Because Kang right. altered things. It, it, everything changed. Um, Mobius didn't even know who Loki was at the end of that exactly. season. And we, the, the trailers we've seen are like the shots, clips. It looks like they're on the same side again, right? So yeah. how does that relationship get together again? Right. Where they're working on the same side. I think he thought that Loki was an agent of the TVA. So Just maybe, a regular guy. Yeah. So maybe he continues pretending to be an agent of the TVA. Oh. And then, and then Mobius discovers, like, no, you're supposed to be, like, uh, what is it, pruned? Oh, <laughs> yeah. They said. So then there could be drama there. But uh, we have saw clips, like the teaser, like you said about Victor Timely. Yeah. They definitely go into the past and, like, are, are after that guy. Yeah. So are they just going to go for all the variants and, like, of him, take a look at him, see if they're a threat? Yeah. Because from what we've seen from, the, like, Quantumania, it looks like Victor Timely is the only one that's not a threat. All the other ones are like in a football stadium, angry. Right, right. So like he's selling like a magic elixir, <laughs> <laughs> some snake oil. Yeah. All right. 
Um, what else we got here? There's also the first season of Echo is set to arrive November 29th, 2023. So not too far off either. Yeah. And what's interesting about that hmm. is they're, they're doing the Netflix model with that series. They're dropping all the episodes that day. That's interesting. What does that tell you about the show? Are they like uh, not confident in it? Because they're like just will lose people if it's going to take weeks to watch the show. I think what, yeah, like that's pretty much end of November. So rolling into the holiday season. Sure. They don't want these shows premiering like the last two weeks of the year because people are busy. They're not going to watch it. Okay. So if you drop it early December, at least you'll get, you'll probably maximize the views, I think. Um, That's plus maybe there's something in that happens in the series that they kind of just need out. So it doesn't ruin the time frame. Of when like the next thing comes out, like maybe they need to rush it pretty much. It's so weird because I feel like everything past is, is going to get paused, get pushed back because of the writer's strike. Yeah. What, what is after that? <sighs> the Daredevil series, I guess. But that is probably later in 2024, not right after this. I'd imagine they're very connected, yeah. that show and Echo, right? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe a Spider-Man movie's come in, okay. in 2024. I, we probably would have heard something by now. <laughs> yeah. I, I. Are you excited for this show? Any, any inkling of it is like piquing your interest? I will say this. Because they're dropping it all at one day, I'm a little bit more excited. I'm a little bit like, why are they doing that? And I need to know why. Piques your curiosity. Yeah. There's got to be something in it for them to do that. There's got to be a reason. Okay. Okay. And I hope it's not just like financial. Uh, I hope it's like story. Yeah. Right. Altering for some reason. Yeah. I hope it's not just like an experiment because it does sound like that's what people are wondering. It's just an experiment to see if the model's different, you know? Yeah. I like the that Stranger Things thing where they like released half of the show and then the second half. Yeah. I wish they would do, Marvel would do that with their big shows. Have these cliffhangers like throughout the season. Yeah. And have that just three or like three episodes at a time or something like that. Mm. I wish they would do that. I think they might be doing that with Daredevil. Yeah. That's a whole lot of episodes though. That's why. Yeah. So I think they're dropping like six at a time. Okay. Okay. I think. 18 episodes like you don't even have time for other shows if you're doing 18 episodes yeah I imagine they did it like once a week they're just trying to stretch that's the like time. the whole year right <laughs> half the year or something uh, anyways yeah um, Echo are you excited for Echo uh, I don't have anything pulling me towards it yet are we gonna get more Kingpin in this I think we are yeah and to see really what D'Onofrio's Kingpin is gonna feel like in the MCU like we saw him already but I want to see more of it like hamper down what he's like because they're all talking about how it's a tonal switch with both of these characters kingpin and daredevil yeah a little bit yeah but kingpin you know is he gonna be more of a, like a yeah yeah straight street level but is he gonna be like this mastermind behind the scenes controlling the super villains with superpowers or something like that that'd be cool yeah I, I don't know like we didn't really see a whole lot of him in hawkeye yeah so yeah we, i hope to see more of him in, in this i hope he can see okay <laughs> <laughs> Oh, because he got shot in the face? His eyes are like taken out, right? I, I guess so. So he's like getting a taste of his own medicine or something? <laughs> I'm definitely way more excited for Loki. Yeah. Um, rumors are, because of all that drama with Jonathan Majors, that we'll know what Disney's plans are with him by the end of Loki season two. Mm, really? If they're going to change course or continue on with him. And I hope they continue on with him. Because if they do, that probably means he's innocent oh yeah yeah i would would hope he's innocent too or pled (laughs) (laughs) jeez i I have no idea how this works i know it's just court things take longer than you want them to and so that's why the marvel's on their toes about it 
Uh, well, okay, I'll say this about the judicial system: <laughs> is um, in court you're innocent till proven guilty, right? Yeah, but that's not so in like Hollywood, right? Which I don't think is cool at all. Yeah. So just because he's accused, all he shouldn't lose his job, right? So uh, Marvel keep going, keep going the course with him until it's like until undeniable. Until if he's going to jail, then yeah, you can't film in jail. <laughs> oh, why not? <laughs> okay, Holly weird. <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing now, real comic book news. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Uh, Image Comics has decided to switch their distributor for their printed comic books. For a long time, it was Diamond Comic Distributors, which it kind of was for all of these comic book publishers. Yeah, or they had companies. a monopoly pretty much. Yeah. I think it was DC that first said we're ditching Diamond and had moved over to Lunar Distributors. And I think that was sometime during the pandemic, like 2020. It was because of the pandemic. Right. Like, Diamond yeah. was halting things because yeah. just like a lot of companies were halting things and they were so right. big um, that, well, for the time being, DC said, we'll shift to Lunar because we want to, we still want to print comics for now. Right. And so they did. And then the pandemic passed or whatever. And, and they then stuck with them. They just stuck with him. Like, well, th- this deal's not that bad. And yeah. maybe we don't want a monopoly. Right. Um, and then Marvel followed suit. Mm-hmm. They left Diamond for um, Pen- Penguin Random House. Yeah. And they already p- published like paper books, right? Yeah. They do like, re- they do, they have a monopoly on like regular books, I think. <laughs> Scholastic. <laughs> Like a Scholastic Book Fair, you'll see it there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now Diamond has decided to follow DC and switch over to Lunar, and um, they're leaving. Their their reasoning is uh, though they've had a great relationship with Diamond. Yeah. It's a better deal for them and their um, buyers, who the really the real buyers are comic book store like owners. Right. So it really helps the comic book store owner the most, uh, which is the backbone of the comic book industry. Right. That's why DC left Diamond, like you said. It's because if the comic book stores are not getting the new comics, they're not going to make money. They're not going to survive. Wow. So they pretty much did it to support the comic book uh, sales industry. It's not like an individual person is going to buy it from Diamond or from Lunar. It's the stores. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole chain of how it goes, right? Right. Right. Down to the consumer. I'm curious if that means they're, because they can print, I don't know if the deal's better, they can lower the prices on their comics, which would be awesome for comic book buyers. And, you know, like the comic book stores can sell them for even cheaper. And and then there's just more comic book fans. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Maybe the margin is be- better. I think for, what for it is, is um, they get it sooner. That's the whole thing? Yeah. Because mm. I think like um, you could get it like a day ahead than, than Diamond would get them done. Oh, really? Oh. I'm not. I'm not 100% sure. So it's just like easier. It's just easier for the comic book store to prepare for that. Whole nother day. Because Wednesday, it's like a high impact day. It's new right. comic book day. Right. Yeah. Um, I think they're still dealing with Diamond as far as um, like, uh, what do you call the trade paperbacks or graphic oh, really? novels. Oh, yeah. But like the individual comics, I think, is what they're talking about. The weekly, every week, new printed comics. The floppies. Those comics. Right. Yeah. I mean, but it's not like Diamond is disappearing. There's still other uh, comic book companies that have exclusive deals with them, like Boom, Dynamite, uh, Blaze, Titan, Aftershock Comics. Yeah, so so still pretty big names in the industry. I don't think it's going away or anything like that. But I mean, that's the big three that they lost. Yeah. That is, maybe that is a big deal. Have you noticed any difference in like print quality or anything with like 
let's say like DC and Marvel because they're two different distributors now. I haven't picked up new comics recently. Okay. Have you? Um, not very recently, but you know, since they've changed, I have. Oh yeah. And um, I like the quality of DC comics. Do, they, do they charge like, more? Uh, maybe, but maybe not. I want to say they charge less. Huh. I think Marvel charges more, but DC comics sometimes have a, a different weight to them. It's the weight of the comic. I think at least the cover might be a different material or something. Does it feel plasticky on the outside, like a like a vinyl feel? Sometimes. Yeah. Like there might be a coating. Yeah. I could be wrong. It might not be every issue. But the ones I've gotten, I, I've noticed that this is maybe a little nicer. I think um, the difference in paper quality or whatever, Yeah, I think they, they've noticed like a, a more variety of them, if that makes okay. sense. They're yeah. not all the same. They're not all the same. Yeah, They're not all diamond anymore. Again. <laughs> I mean paper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess this is only good for the industry to diversify. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm excited to see. I think this is going to start in September for Image. Uh I don't really pick up individual image comic books. I usually get trades if I'm going to get them. If you're getting new stuff? For image. For image. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, I mean, it's one of my favorites. It's what I collect, right? So I'm not even picking up new comics of it's them. It's the previously printed years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Looking through uh, old back issues. That's what I'm doing. Like uh, Wildcats. No. <laughs> Those are like like Savage Dragon. Yeah, this I, I buy that for toilet paper. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that's it for the news this week. Pretty interesting stuff. Um, if you haven't already, please don't forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. We have um, new stories and new news every week. So you want to miss it? Please hit follow. And it would be cool beans if you could uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're at the Reader Copy Podcast. Go ahead and be a friend and give us a. a follow over there please in honor of the news across the spider-verse movie coming out this week we're doing spider-man 2099 There's been a lot of uh, multiverse stuff going on with Marvel. Um, it's not new. They've always done this stuff. Like, um, if you're going back, you could think of, like, uh, Days of Future Past. Sure. It's like, like a different timeline. Um, the Ultimates was a different timeline back in the early 2000s. True. Yeah, with Mark Miller. Yeah. Um, but one that I remember as a kid but never really got into was, uh, like, I, I, I think at first it was like, this is just the future of Marvel. It's not an alternate future or anything. But 2099 was like a line of comics where they had um, stories of uh, the future, but it was kind of like characters that we know just right. by different people, like a different person in that costume. Someone like taking up an old moniker and right. being that of that time. Yeah. Um, so the first one of that to introduce that whole timeline was Spider-Man 2099. Uh, and he became a fan favorite. He is um, kind of like the first one to do that line. And it sparked off a whole bunch of other characters. Um, some of them were like Punisher 2099. I remember seeing that. Oh, really? Um, Hulk, uh, Doom 2099. I know that one. That's yeah. what I know. Uh, and then there's one, I don't know this character at all, but Ravage? Ravage. Well, I think I did some research on this and that was like new. Yeah. That so he didn't new. have a prior character. That was like just him. Yeah. So it was like Ravage present. <laughs> Today. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, there was even X Men twenty ninety nine. Oh, was there? But the characters are pretty much just like also like rappers like new. They were not um, analogs of old characters. I don't think there wasn't like a copy of Cyclops or a copy of Wolverine. I don't think so. Okay, yeah. Huh. 
Uh, and then um, those are the ones that like had their titles, but other famous characters appeared in them. Oh, cool! Like twenty ninety nine version of like Black Widow, Daredevil, stuff like that they, appeared in those comics. Gotcha of the future. Yeah. Um, and when they were designing twenty ninety nine in the comics, think of like hover cars. It's like pretty much like Coruscant in Star Wars. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's like a city. It's like maybe their version of like a Judge Dredd Mega City One kind right. of style. Yeah. Blade Runner, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Feature. Like holograms and, you know, talking like to intercoms. <laughs> <laughs> like tablets. Yeah. Like ta- like the future thought everything was going to be tablets. Right. Yeah. Like the wall was going to have a thing. That's the phone. It was right. like connected to the wall. Yeah. You're talking to somebody. Um, when I'm looking at this book, I think of Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's weird because it still has a little bit of an 80s aesthetic, but like the future 80s. The future of the 80s. <laughs> so it should really be like 2080, 2089 <laughs> or something. <laughs> Originally, they they did 29 because it's like a cool number. Right. And I think there's like, oh, we're going to change it huh. to um, 2093 because that's what would be exactly 100 years later from when they first started. Oh, okay. I, w- I was curious about that. Did it come out in 99, 1999 or not? No, it was, it started at like 92, 93. Okay. And then, so there was like a, a time where they were like, we're going to change it to 2093. And I think they're like, that just sounds dumb. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. 2099 20, looks cooler on paper. It like sounds cooler. Yeah. So it's like, who cares if it's not exactly 100? Let's just do that. If they did that, they would have to change it every year too. Uh, yes. Yeah, you're right. right. Yeah. It's, now it's 94, the good year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, out of the two of us, I think you are the only one that has a chance to reach this actual year. Really? Because I would be like 100 in the hundred teens. What would I be? Yeah, I would be like... You'd be like, like 105. Yeah, 105. 105. You have a chance to be 105. It's, it depends on when how science works out. Yeah. Can we extend lifetimes? Are we multiplanetary by then? I don't think we'll be multiplanetary by then. But Science by, accelerates like exponential. <laughs> we will have uh, flying cars. I can believe that. Yeah. Um, do you think we'll have holograms? Yeah. I think we'll have VR. AI. Yeah. That's uh-huh. a feature thing that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> Um, so then this book was created by uh, writer Peter David and artist Rick Leonardi. Huh. Uh, we did a book by Peter David. I think it was Young Justice. Yeah. Yeah, you remember that? So I'm not going to dig too far deep into him. Um, I'll just say he's a great writer. Um, he's won a bunch of awards like uh, Eisner Award, the Wizard Fan Award, um, and a Glad Media Award. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Uh, this That was back in like 2011. So I don't know if he's still doing a lot of work now, but uh, he's been one of the like prominent writers back in the day. I mean, he's huge in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rick Leonardi, uh, he did a bunch of work for like Dark Horse Comics. Uh, especially like the Star Wars stuff when Dark Horse had that. Oh. Uh, then he worked for like DC with like Batman, um, Teen Titans, Nightwing, those kind of characters. And then um, for Marvel, uh, like X-Men, Cloak and Dagger. Uh, he kind of started with Peter David to doing this 2099. So it's kind of oh. like them putting this together. Uh, but he does have a history with the character Spider-Man. There's like controversy over who really gets credit for this. Huh. But there's a story of him and Mike Zek who first together designed the black suit Spider-Man. Really? Wow. That's a big deal. For uh, Secret Wars number eight, right? Yeah. 
Um, but then there's the conflicting things where like someone said like, oh, I designed that for some other story, but it's like, well, it appeared in Tiger War, so maybe it's them that did it first. I so don't know. who gets the the? Yeah. Wow. There's like conflicting stories. There's no proof, I guess. On who really designed it first. Um, there's not much to the design. <laughs> I mean, you can't deny it's iconic. Yeah, definitely. Right. And it, it definitely leads a lot of credit to, you know, the character of Venom later on. Right, yeah. So, um, I mean, that, that's pretty cool if he's the designer of the black suit. That's a big part of Spider-Man lore. I think the 2099 costume is pretty dope. Like it's, yeah. It's friggin' sick. Like, it is 90s awesome. Right. right? But it still kind of works. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Because if you think about the regular Spider-Man costume, for a character like that was created in like the 60s, yeah, that's a lot of line work. I think they just didn't do all the lines. Probably, yeah. Hey, he's far away. He you can't tell from here. Yeah, but you know, characters back then was like Hulk is just like a screen guy. Yeah, but Spider Man had a lot of line work. So I think like besides the black suit, all Spider-Man costumes are pretty intricate. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. This one is pretty cool. I mean, even just like the actual figure work, like the the jumping action of the Spider-Man in yeah. this, it's it's really awesome. I think they were really going for that futuristic style. Yeah. Um, do you know much about this character? Uh, I what I know is I think his I know his name is Miguel O'Hare. Like before the comic, that's all I really knew. Yeah, and he's from the future. That's kind of yeah. that was it basically. Yeah, I I didn't really I know of him, but. I didn't really know much about the character yeah um i know he appeared in an episode of the animated spider-man show did he okay yeah i think spider-man ends up in the future for some reason that's what i always got mixed up like because i i remember there was like a follow-up spider-man cartoon uh-huh. and i think i always thought in my head oh that was 2099 but it's not it's just spider-man's in the future oh really yeah I like doesn't he have like a cy- cybernetic eye and all that oh there's different reasons for that in the comics but i don't know about the cartoon yeah 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 okay. Um, for for some reason, Spider Man and multiverse, it's very like around him, or the to- they call it the totem of the Spider Man or Spider. Really? So like, there's because then there's characters that are like part of the multiverse, but then he's the character that has his own verse, like the Spider Verse. Yeah, right? they're they're just more connected or something yeah. for some reason, and it's not because he's super a super genius and figured it out. No, it's just it's almost like a, a spiritual thing. Yeah, yeah, the Madam Web of it all. Right. And- uh, we'll probably learn more about it in the movie. Sure across the Spider-Verse, but like, um, there's a Spider-Verse, like Edge of Spider-Verse comic book line. Spider-Geddon. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea of having multiple Spider-Man is like always been around, I guess. I think it's just, he's just the popular, he's the most popular Marvel character. Sure. So he's, we're going to revolve around him. Yeah. Um, so anyway, like this story, uh, started in 1992 and they, they just wanted to do like a feature story. Gotcha. And you're going to start with your most popular character. Mm -hmm. And this character is someone totally different. <laughs> uh, he is, like you said, name is Miguel O'Hara. Mm-hmm. He's half Mexican, half Irish. So they're like, that's the future. That's the future. Is the <laughs> we're all gonna be halvesies, mixed couple. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Do you think we're all gonna be like halvesies? Like it's gonna eventually integrate. Everyone's gonna be beige. I, I think, think that'll be great, be, but there'll be more of it. More of it, right? It's just you're just down to happen, probably going to happen, right? Yeah, but then there's okay. I don't want to get too far into it, but there's oh my, God. there's cultures that are like stay in your lane, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm gonna, also I'm like, gonna set you up, my son. I'm setting you up with a woman to marry that is handpicked to be like us. <laughs> Maybe, but that's also like, that's the old people of that culture. Maybe, you know, younger yeah. people intermingle. Yeah. Um, and they get spider powers. That's true. That's right. what I want. Uh, so it starts off, we're already like just in 2099. Yeah, the year. Uh, this is um, not New York, but Nueva York. Oh, come on. All right. 
it's it, a future. Everything's the skyscrapers are even taller, right? right? People are on, like you said, hover cars. Yeah, it's like Fifth Element. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we see these group of teenagers. It looks like they're on a joyride, and they're flying like up high in the skyscrapers. Yeah, and one of the teens is like, "This is way too high. We're not supposed to be this high." And the guy says like something like, um, uh, "The cops don't go this high, so they can't even chase us or whatever." Yes. But it's not a cop that finds them. It's Spider-Man 2099. Yeah. Swings past them. And they're spooked, right? And we get this whole splash page. Um, he is being chased by the cops. The cops, they're called the, the, the public eye. Right? The public eye, right. They're like, it's almost like the future stuff. So they're like the thought police of this world, right? They're very authoritarian. Yeah. And they're on these like hover bikes trying to chase down Spider-Man. Yeah. If you look closely at these hover bikes, right? They're pretty much motorcycles. But you put round hover discs on the sides, right? It's science. Yeah. So what's funny is they still have like landing gear, like they have like little tires. Oh yeah. So they really thought this out. It's yeah. I even imagine if it's gonna if they're gonna ride it, they'd have to. <laughs> they have to land it. They have to land it. Yeah. <laughs> so they're chasing Spider Man. Uh, cool flips. He's like dodging them. Uh, this Spider Man seems more arachnid, if okay, for lack of a better word. Uh, he has like the spider webbing in between his arms, like a cape almost. Yeah. Like I like when Spider-Man has that. It's pretty cool. It's like kind of like uh, ripped up his like that, that webbing around his arms. Yeah. But his whole look is like uh, mostly blue, but like almost like a red skeleton right. on his face and torso down his arms. Yeah. I was going to say it's kind of luchadory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which may be like a nod to his ancestry. Right. Irish. And it's just pretty dang cool. <laughs> Irish. He's got a pot of gold. He's got a green hat. <laughs> um, so to get away from these, um, the public eye, he jumps on one of them, right? He does like a free fall. He's just falling straight down. Yeah. And these skyscrapers are tall. So he pretty much like goes head on with one of the hover bikes and grabs the cop. And he slashes the guy's face like to rip off his helmet, right? Uh, to try to like take control of the bike but they're pretty much falling straight down to the street so he has to abandon the bike and, and kind of like grab the cop and save him before the bike just crashes onto the street he's still a hero right he's not right. gonna let this this cop get hurt really bad um, but he saves him and he kind of just uh, disappears into the crowd of the of a mall right right and we see him now he's back at his his old at his at his place at his apartment right um, and it's at a, a tower it's right. it's owned by Alchemex. Alchemex is the big corporation that kind of like runs everything. Yeah, right. He works for them too, but uh, he gets to his apartment. Um, it's all like automated, like the lights turn on automatically, but it's like too bright for him for some reason. Yeah. So he's like, lights, 25%. But you know it's the future. They could not do this in the 90s. Not not today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we meet uh, this character called Lila. Yeah. This is very much like Blade Runner 2099, or what is it, Blade Runner 2049? 48. 48? Yeah. I don't forget like, the numbers, yeah. whatever. But he has like an artificial artificial intelligence hologram woman yes. assistant. Uh, and she takes the form of, I think, like Marilyn Monroe. Right? Sure. And it's just kind of like a Siri or like a Alexa type right. of thing in your house that... that uh, we'll uh, talk to him and tell him, oh, you actually have some hologram messages that are waiting for you to, to listen to. Um, one of them is uh, uh, Gabe, which is his younger brother. Yeah. Gabe looks like, for some reason, like a steampunk guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the future. Do you know that? <laughs> 
And it's pretty much they're all um, wellness checks. Yeah. They're like, are you okay, man? Give me a call. And he's he's like ignoring. He's like, next. Right? He doesn't care. One of them is even like his girlfriend who looks kind of like beat up, but she's still like checking in on Miguel. Like, are you okay? And it's actually uh, his fiance. Yeah. So they're, they're close already, right? So right. Uh, Dana. And then we kind of do like a, a little bit of a flashbackwards a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a, a day or two prior where we learn why Miguel is kind of like, everyone's like worried about Miguel. And it's because he's at work here where he is like one of the smartest geneticist guys in Alchemex, the co- corporation that he works for. Right. He's like one of the top dogs. And he kind of knows it. Like he's kind of cocky. Yeah. He's he's a know-it-all. He's, again, like a, like a genius. He's one of the younger guys of the company. Like, right. It, it sounds like this this other guy who's older kind of like is angry that he, that um, Miguel's at the top. This guy right. named Aaron is like, I, I know you climbed up the college ladder and got exactly really fast, but you still got to listen to me. Me, Aaron, I'm I'm the boss here. I still answer to Tyler. The, they're like, their boss. They're like CEO of Alchemix or whatever. Yeah. But Miguel's like, I'm, I'm 10 times smarter than you. So like you're... I know how to do stuff. You, you're not going to boss me around or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty much ha- built this thing, chamber, that they want to pretty much create super soldiers, right? I think they're, in their world, they call them corporate raiders. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> and they want to like um, build like these super soldiers to protect Alchemex and uh, work for like the, the public eye kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, they needed like a prototype. This is very much like uh, Star Wars. They needed like a prototype type to make a clone army okay right sure yeah so they go back to what they call the heroic age which is marvel's present day time okay right the 90s the 90s when they had superheroes so they're like okay i want to prototype our corporate raiders our super soldiers against a character or a person from our past spider-man of course yeah it's this superhuman being that had spider powers and he's just the prototypical uh, identity we want to take on for their, our people. Yeah. And um, Tyler Stone, their boss, like jumps in there. He's like, that's a perfect idea, right? Like, yeah. Uh, go ahead with that. Good thinking. He calls him Mike. Yeah. Even though his name is Miguel. I think it's kind of like a, it's almost like, I don't care what your name is. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought it was maybe like a, like a whitewashing. I, of I think it's that too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, Tyler, right? The boss is really like bossy about this thing. He's like, Okay, it sounds like you got all the science now. Let's go ahead and cut through this and uh, do the science experiments. Let's, let's go into human trials already. Yeah, and they're like, oh, already? Like, okay. So they got this, like, soldier guy, right? And um, they put him in the chamber that they're going to use. They even say, like, oh, it's inspired by an 80s movie, The Fly. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. It's scary and gross. I do want to see it. Jeff Goldblum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So they run the test. This is the first human test, right? So they they do the experiment. Miguel approaches him to try to see if he's okay. And the soldier guy grabs his neck, starts choking him. He's now turned into like this deformed looking humanoid. But like his eyes are like bulging. Yeah. Because they mix him with like uh, insect blood, right? He's a mutant basically. Yeah. Disfigured. And uh, Miguel gets into like a, a frenzy and he just has the robots kill the man because right. he's scared. Yeah. Next scene now we're in um, Mr. Stone's like office, corporate office. And Miguel's like, I quit. I can't be part of this. Um, I'm not going to help you make these 
gen- like run human tests and kill these genetically modified people um, just because you want to make a perfect soldier or whatever. I, I can't be a part of that. It's all the corporate greed. But Tyler's like, uh, th- that's fine. You know, I'll write a good recommendation for wherever you end up, whatever company, Stark, yeah. Essex, wherever you end up. I'll write a letter for you. And while he's pouring him like a, a glass of wine to like right. kind of like a touching departure. Right. Um, dumb move from Miguel. He drinks this wine and it is drugged. Yeah. Uh, he got roofied. Right. They slip him a Mickey. <laughs> uh, Mr. Stone, Tyler Stone, put this very addictive drug, like future drug in it. I think it's called like Rapture. Yeah. And it's like, I was like, ha that's, it's like from training day. He's like, that's PCP. <laughs> <I know. laughs> This, this guy should be played by Denzel Washington. Okay. <laughs> and he pretty much drugged him to be like, now you can't go to the cops because um, anything you say that I did, they're going to be like, you're, you're a drug addict. Right. Right. And also like, you're addicted now. Yeah. We're, we, us alchemists are the only ones that make this drug. You're going to come back. Yeah. We own you now. Right. And he really feels it. Right. He says it's also, it's legal, this drug. Yeah. It's like, we make it. No, there's no way it's legal. <laughs> It's like heroin is legal. Yeah. You pick it up over the counter. <laughs> so he's struggling to get back to his apartment, like pounding headache, right? Uh, we see like his fiance, and this is why I say it's like future 80s. <laughs> She's like doing like aerobics, but has like leg warmers. It looks like Sharon Stone from Total Recall. Crop top. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. He walks into his apartment and he's still got like a pounding frenzy in his head. And he's like sweating bullets. And then he kind of smacks Dana accidentally. They're like, get away from me. Right. That's why she looked injured in her hologram message later. Right. And Dana's like, what's wrong with you? And he explains that he's on Rapture right now. And there's drugs in his system. I'm tripping balls, man. (laughs) (laughs) But he explains that it wasn't his choice, that it was Alchemix that did to him. It was Tyler. Right. So now he has a plan to like, if I can get back into Alchemix, sneak in and use that chamber, it can 100% heal me. I just have to put the right settings in. Right. And I'll get unaddicted to this. <laughs> it's science. Yeah. So he breaks in. And remember, he's like a genius, right? He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's typing up the right file. I think his, his DNA is already saved in there. So I just, I need to like reset my body. Okay. Okay. Cleanse the system. Yeah. So he's sitting in the chamber now and he's activating it. But Aaron, the yeah. jealous other scientist guy, is there and he sees him and he pretty much like hijacks the machine. He selects the the spider file that he was talking about and he puts it in there to like mix Miguel's DNA and the spider's DNA and he's hoping to like ruin him like also disfigure Miguel. But he puts it like way higher. Yeah. It's like 50-50 now. So Miguel does undergo like a transformation in the the experiment. He, He feels sick and then uh, Aaron's like, oh, he's still alive. I didn't kill him. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's he's pretending to uh, go to him to like treat him to see if he's okay, and then Miguel turns around and he looks crazy. It's almost vampiric, right? He's right. got fangs, and um, at the fingertips, like talons almost come out of him, right? Yeah, it's very um, uh, Morbius type of look right now. Yeah, he has like no pupil, so it's all white. Right. So Aaron is scared for his life. He pulls out like a laser gun. Starts shooting at Miguel, but Miguel's like 
all of a sudden, like, he's, like, agile and he's doing, like, flips to get away. And uh, Aaron's, like, shooting up the whole lab, but uh, Miguel is jumping out and getting out of there. But then um, there's a big explosion as one shot flings and creates, like, a big eruption in the lab. This um, tosses Aaron out the window and Miguel dives to, like, save him. And he's he's got him by, like, the the wrist now. He's holding him. And they're, like, at the top of, like, a very tall skyscraper. Like, yeah future skyscraper a Burj Khalifa or something <laughs> yeah and he's trying to hold him but his talons that are on his fingertips pretty much rip up Aaron's sleeves and he falls to his death um and then uh Miguel just looks at his hands feeling guilty because he, he kind of let him go right he kind of fell through his hands and he just puts up uh like a, a jacket he finds and he's he's basically like the monster being hunted right now as the the public eye invade the facilities. Right. So Aaron, uh, I mean, um, Miguel's like, I'm a monster. I pretty much don't deserve to live right now. I'm just gonna jump to my death. Mm-hmm. So he jumps out the window, and as he's falling, he's like, "What am I doing? I don't want to die." <laughs> okay. So he turns and like kind of like grabs the sides of the skyscraper. And it's starting to like grip. And now he realizes like I can grip on walls. Like Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And it's interesting. He's got talons on his fingers and his toes. So he can climb up the, the side of the wall to safety on the roof. So he's like on the side of the building now, but he's still very high. So he's like, how do I get out of here? Um, you know who's going to save him? Thor. What? <laughs> there is this guy on a hang glider dressed like a cartoon Thor and um, you know how like in the streets there'll be like God's gonna save us repent right this guy's doing that but his God is Thor cool he's like repent to Thor he he will return and save us, right? So I guess like Thor is a religion now, in, right? In this the future, a hundred years from now, and there's like a lot of them. there's like a lot of Thor. They called Thorites, right? Um, so what he does is he jumps on this guy's hang glider, and he's like, "Okay, you're gonna have to like take us down because we're gonna die here, right?" And this guy, like, he's religious, right? So he's like, oh, thank Thor. Like, I was there to save you, right? Yeah. So he's actually, like, glad that he was there to help. He says, like, who are you? And then the guy just explains that I'm I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> and then uh, Thor, uh, this this Thor gives right. him, like, a little blanket to cover his face because he says Sp- Spider-Man, Thor's friend, should should cover his face, should mask up. Right. So now um, we're back at Alchemex. Uh, Tyler Stone is looking at, like, the video video footage of what happened and he's like okay that miguel guy destroyed my whole chamber the experiment that we've been working on i want him captured so he hires pretty much a bounty hunter yeah this guy looks like a cowboy but his name is venture he's really cool he's got the cowboy hat but he's he has cybernetics like implants in his eyes and robotic legs and he's he's a stone cold MRFer, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, one of his eyes is like round, right? Yeah. And the other one's like a like a line, like a tube vertically. Yeah. And we see like what he can see, and it's almost like one eye sees like thermal, and one eye sees like three sixty. <laughs> okay, but he's the, the perfect like a bounty hunter, right? As he's chasing down, he's set to to kill Miguel, and he can see the footprints of where Miguel walked off, and. Honestly, they lead straight to Miguel's apartment. Right. Where Miguel now is like recovering. He's in bed. Do you remember when in the Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire when he first got bit? He was like sick. But then when he woke up, he was like cut. Yoked. Yeah. That's kind of what's happening to Miguel here. Uh, he's waking up and he feels like stronger than ever. But also like uh, he knows like he, he's got those talons on his fingertips. Yeah. 
And he notices that when he touches himself, they like retract. Mm. So he's like, okay, it, it, it is possible to retract. So I just have to like focus. So I'm not like ripping everything up all the time. Okay. So it's like a conscious thing in his head, right? Yeah. And then uh, he's thinking like, well, these towns are going to rip up anything anyways, right? And he realizes the only thing that can withstand that is a suit that he had from uh, a Day of the Dead festival. Yeah. And it's basically, it's a 2099 costume that he has, his Spider-Man costume that's just sitting in his closet. <laughs> he went to like a, uh, a Day of the Dead festival. So again, part of his heritage. Yeah. Irish heritage. <laughs> uh, so that's, it's exactly just the costume that he wears cool i guess it's not like spider-man like made it or designed it it's a halloween costume (laughs) (laughs) um but that's sitting in his closet when um he gets like a a call from his brother and his brother's gonna uh, appear at the apartment because he's angry at him he's like uh your your girlfriend just said that you were in a dra in in like a a drug addled frenzy earlier so what's wrong with you brother like he's worried so he, he appears there and then um, he's like yelling at him because like, but Miguel, he's kind of like cocky, kind of mm-hmm. like chauvinistic. So he's just like drinking coffee, like not even listening to his brother. Yeah. With sunglasses on, just super cool. Yeah. And then um, I think he also has like a spider sense or something. Yeah. Because he feels something coming and he looks down from his apartment to the street level and it's Venture following like his tracks, right? So he grabs Gabe. He's like, you got to get out of here, right? He boots him out of there and puts on the Spider-Man costume. And then from very many stories up, he just jumps out the window uh, because he's he's he knows he needs to get out of there to lose the track, right. lose his track. And he jumps out the window and lands on Venture from like stories above, right? <laughs> and he's like, I have to see something really cool, a nice comeback. And he's like, hi. Like, Dang <laughs> it. That's stupid. <laughs> Um, but it's it's again a public area, and it looks like there's more strangers like Thor cosplayers that are gonna right. fight off Venture. But Miguel's like these idiots are just so dumb. It's like they're larpers or something, right? So yeah. they go to defend Spider Man, but Venture is just like taking him out one at a time, like super easily, right? And he's using uh, Miguel's heart against him. He's like, I can do this all day. I can, you know, until they're dead. You can just, yeah. I can keep doing this all day. It's up to you for when you want to stop and come with me. So Miguel jumps in to try to stop the Thorite people, right? And uh, he starts fighting Venture, but Venture is like a real fighter. Like he knows how to do it. And and Miguel, though he's super strong, he's a scientist. He he doesn't know how to fight really. And Venture keeps calling him a rookie, basically, right? Like uh, using all the weaponry he has. He's got this like gigantic gun over right. his shoulder. Yeah. It's like a huge, it's almost like a machine gun sniper rifle. <laughs> yeah. He also has like this big metal staff, right? Yeah. That he uses to like for hand-to-hand combat. And Spider-Man realizes, like, okay, I'm not going to beat this guy. I just got to get him out of here. So he starts running away and dodging. He even, like, jumps past his brother Gabe, who was in the crowd. Yeah. And um, Venture, he starts following him. He has kind of like Star-Lord rocket boots. Yeah. Where he's kind of just, like, jetpacking from his feet. (laughs) This is like if Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank was hunting you. So Spider-Man's like trying to get away. He's running around. All this time, like um, Lila is talking to him because she's just like a hologram, right? Right. And um, But he's being like shot up by Venture everywhere he goes. So he can't really stop anywhere. And ultimately in like a free fall, he's still like using his his boots. Venture 
unleashes like these gigantic bands that wrap around Spider-Man and yep. he's got his package, right? He's like, okay, he's going to deliver him back to his boss, uh, Tyler, who hired him. So he's like all tied up and he's going back and Spider-Man has to like use all his strength to like break out of it, which he does. And he like grapples with Venture like in midair, right? Because he's using his rocket boots. And it's a cool like fight sequence. Um, but Spider-Man like uses his web to like blind him and they kind of both start crashing down onto the street level again. And then uh, some of the web webs got on um, Venture's goggles, right? Those things on his eyes. And he rips them off and we see his pupils in like bright red. And looks really, <laughs> he's like, now he's really ticked off. He's not calm anymore. And he, he pulls out his gigantic gun and tries to fire at uh, Spider-Man. But Spider-Man uses a car to like, <laughs> as a shield. Picks up a car and just like swings it at Venture. <laughs> So now they're fighting uh, hand-to-hand with um, Venture's, like, staff, right? So it's one of those things where, like, they're both holding the staff and they're, like, trying to struggle it out of the other person's grasp. Right. And, but Spider-Man overpowers him and is able to, like, knock out Venture and um, kind of, like, take him out. So yeah. he, he's victorious. Got him out of there. And uh, Miguel is still kind of in a, in a tizzy, right? He's, like, tired. He, he's not a fighter. This is all right. new to him. And he makes his way back up to um, his uh, his apartment, trying to get to safety. And he's talking to Lila now about um, all like his body, like his super strength and his senses. He, he, I think this is more like explaining to the reader how everything works. Yeah, because he says like his his body makes the webbing now. Okay, not like Peter Parker where he had to make web shooters. He's more like Tobey Maguire, <laughs> <laughs> where the web just comes out of him. Because remember, he's more spider than the original Spider Man. Even more. Yeah, it wasn't just a bite. It was like injected into his whole. Yeah, he's like fifty percent spider. Beam it. <laughs> and then lastly, he gets a call now from Tyler Stone. Yeah, and it's like. An intercom message like mike i need you to come in we need to discuss spider-man oh. so i don't think tyler stone knows that he's spider-man oh because really? in the footage he just jumps out as miguel yeah and then later spider-man appears so i don't think he gets connected to them that he's it is him yet. it's him already yeah i love that yeah well that's where we're gonna stop that's the first three issues of spider-man 2099 um, very interesting character, cool character. I don't know if it's going to be how Oscar Isaac's character is in the movie. I, it seems like Oscar Isaac's character is like years past this Miguel O'Hare. Spider-Man, yeah. And he's like, seems like he's got a chip on his shoulder at that point. Yeah. But it, I could see the similarities. Like, I really like how Spider-Man's always quippy. But here he's like even more like snooty about it. Yeah. So it's kind of funner. He's like, he sees himself as a know-it-all even more. In the artwork here, mm-hmm. because it's like their first original one, like they definitely make him more Caucasian looking. Oh. Like, like oh, closer to Peter Parker. Sure. Like he's got red hair. But, you know, in the movie, they make it more Hispanic looking. I think so. I think the Oscar Isaac voice brings something to it, too. Yeah. We know he's Hispanic. Yeah. He doesn't really have Hispanic voice, but we know what his face looks like. So it brings something. <laughs> uh, Egyptian. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I thought this was cool. Cool introduction to uh, the 2099 universe in general. Yeah. He does cross paths with other heroes later. And this is only the first volume. 
there's two other iterations of this. Mm. Um, and then the, the third volume that came out, it just ended fairly recently back in 2017. And in that one, he had, uh, it was like a white and red costume. Really? It's a new, new look? Yeah, it's a different look. Okay. So I don't know how that comes about, but I, I want to check that out. I, I really like this. I really like this comic. It was yeah. had some obvious correlations to the Spider-Man story beats, but mm-hmm. it was really cool. Like, I love future 80s, basically. 80s future? I guess it's like, it's like Batman Beyond, right? Yeah. It's so similar. I've seen a fan artwork of Spider-Man 29 and Batman Beyond together. I can believe it. Yeah. I know you're a huge fan of that, but I think Spider-Man 29 is a little cooler. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right uh, that is our comic book this week. Let's get into side stories. Big announcement, alert, attention, hearey, hearey. Summer has begun Oh, because I have now watched a new Fast and Furious movie. Oh, that's right. That's how it starts. Um, this is Fast X. Fast X, yeah. It sounds like a laxative. <laughs> Fast X will work for you. <laughs> nice. um, it... We know what Fast and Furious has become. Yeah, yeah, it has it has evolved, right? Yeah, so it's changed. Uh, I'm gonna give a non-spoiler, or yeah, non-spoiler first for a little bit, and then I'm gonna get into the details. But I'll say it's just more of what we've we've been forced to love. <laughs> forced to love? They they kept their eyes open and plucked yeah. you in the in the theater chair. It is um, outrageous. Yeah. Uh, the the characters are now outrageous. No kidding. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but is it entertaining? Hell yeah. For some people. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what you're getting into and you like it, it, it's a popcorn movie. If you bought a ticket for Fast yeah. and Furious 10, right. then you like it Fast and Furious. <laughs> it is pretty much, take the first one times 10. Yeah. Yeah. Amplify it. <laughs> yeah. It's the <a> 10X. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, it, I every year, every time this comes out, they're trying to top the last one. No doubt, yeah. This one, I think they weren't really trying to top it as far as stunts or anything like that. Maybe they're trying to top it as far as character. You mean like like turns or like and just like yeah like surprises. Jason Momoa plays the villain in this one, right? And he's a very eccentric villain. Yeah, he's not. Uh, it's not a prototypical Fast and Furious villain. It's true. I think he might be, honestly, in any of these uh, movies, he's like the least believable of a person to exist. <laughs> and yeah. it's fine. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, they went to space in the last one, and this seems unreal. <laughs> no, Jason Momoa. <laughs> Keep it grounded. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if we want to get into spoilers a little bit, okay. uh, there's so many like cameo surprises yes because the cast is huge yeah and it's getting bigger yeah and the story is just like let's just wedge this in here it's it's there's a formula right right there's the sappy stuff in the beginning action amplifies people are surprised and it's very like um we don't have time for breathing (laughs) (laughs) we're just saying our lines and getting into it yeah it's like say something response 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 it's like there's no beat to for any kind of caring. There's no atmosphere building. No. Right. It's like, w- once we know the setting that they're in, they're just talking. Yeah. And they'll kind of explain just what happened. Yeah. And now we have to react to that. Right. Yes. Uh, so Jason Momoa plays Dante, which turns out he's the son of the villain from Fast Five. Yes. Okay. And that villain, did he just appear in Fast Five only? Yeah. Okay. So this is like some retroactive, oh, he had a son. Yeah. It's yeah. like- it's a big surprise. Give him a reason to hate the Toretto's. Um, oh, they killed his father. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. Fast Five is my favorite by far. It's great. I honestly, yeah. I think 
outside of the franchise, you're just looking at it from outside. Fast Five is a great movie. Yeah. It just is. So 10 should be twice as good. <laughs> by, by the math, yeah. <laughs> um, what else happens? Like, uh, So pretty much, um, I don't even remember the plot points, but uh, you know, like um, Kurt Russell's character, Mr. Nobody? Right. He's missing for some reason. So we, that gives us a reason to introduce more characters. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. <laughs> But they introduce her also to like take away her power immediately. Right. That's true. She's like, hey, I'm in charge now. No, you're not. Uh, yeah. Alan Richton is now in charge. Welcome to Hollywood. Yeah, okay. Let me ask, does Brie Larson stick out in this cast? I think maybe I don't not. Think so. I think she maybe fits for the role of a Mr. Nobody's daughter. Yeah, you know yeah what I'm, I'm saying? okay with that. Because you know what? Fast and Furious has become a mixture of like, just, you've been here so long, we have to keep using you. As I'm talking about like Ludacris, Tyrese, even Michelle Rodriguez, those characters. Yeah. And like Oscar award winners. <laughs> Charlize Theron, Brie Larson. Kirk, I don't know if Kirk Russell has one Oscar, but Maybe. like these very Helen Mirren. Ludacris. <laughs> these very like high stature actors. They just want to have fun. They're chasing the bag, right? I mean, they can have their other movies that yeah. are artistic, that are right. speak to your soul. And then they also want to have money, so just do a Fast and Furious movie. Right. This is like their weekend job. Yeah. Okay. There you, yeah. <laughs> it's a sleeper job. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it does. I feel like anyone can appear in these movies now. There's no limit. Yeah. Daniel Day Lewis could be in the next one. He's he's been on a break recently. Yeah. Maybe why he's, not? Maybe he's been driving around cars, crazy stealing <laughs> stuff because he has to get into character recently. Nobody knows what he's up to. Yeah. He's been preparing for years. Yeah. Uh, I mean. So I, I cringed at the last movie with the jokes. Like, oh, really? I don't Rome, even cringe anymore. Rome jokes with Charlize Theron's lines. Like, she's the yeah. villain in it, and it's like, gross. These jokes that, like, these one-liners she has. I don't think I cringed too hard in this movie, in Fast 10. I was laughing. Yeah, I was laughing. Yeah. But I wasn't like, okay, I want to get out of here. It's not, I didn't get that feeling. Like, it's like, this movie's bad because of it. I didn't cringe too hard yeah, as okay. much. Yeah, um, like you said, it's they have like it's been around so long. They have like tropes and formulas that they already do. Yeah. So like one is if you're the villain in the last one, now you're all part of the team in the next one. <laughs> you're more than family than the rest of the people. Yeah. It's just like so like Jason Statham uh, was their enemy in like six or seven. I now mean, he's like part of the team. The Rock was kind of an enemy when yeah. he started off. So now right. he's like now he's one of them. I guess kind of a friend. Yeah. Um, what, who else? Charlize Theron is kind of like that now. Uh, yes, even in this movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Helen Mirren, was she a villain or no? I'd have Kinda. She's just the villain's mother. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then um, another trope or thing they have is like, if you're dead, we'll see you in two movies. <laughs> if you die in this one, skip the next one, then we'll catch you in the next one. Take a breather. Yeah. yeah. Go do another franchise, and then you'll be back for some reason. Take a lap. Right. right. It's like that. Yeah. Come on. So, like, uh, was Han did that? Yes. Um, Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez did that. A big thing. Yeah. Um, I, okay, we're at the spoilers now. We're like the end of the movie spoilers. Like Very this last clip spoiler. Uh, Gal Gadot's back. <laughs> Come on. So uh, I don't even remember what happened to her. Did she die too? She sacrificed herself to save Han in six or seven. I don't know. Okay. Maybe six. Because like, they were like, chasing down a plane that was about to take off. They had to make sure it doesn't take off. 
So I think she like jumped on a car to crash the car into like the engine or something. I forget. Okay. Oh my. Oh my days. I mean, already like Han when we yeah. first saw him, he wasn't even in this crew. He got killed off. Right. And then we had him again. So it's like different timeline. And then they killed him off again, and then brought him back. And then it's like so many different flip flop. Yeah. Um, another one I forgot. Yeah. Who is pretty big villain in the last one? Now best friends in this one is John Cena. Right. Yeah. John Cena. <laughs> Uh, he's definitely family he's his brother (laughs) (laughs) we just forgot to mention him in all these movies and then he's back yeah and then yeah he's basically family (laughs) pretty close to it so i mean well i guess jason momoa is gonna be a good guy in the next one (laughs) i'm guessing are you missing any any of those like so like the last one in a spaceship this one maybe what had a bomb is do you want something to even launch that further yeah i guess the 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 one about the scene was the big bomb that's like rolling down rome that was fun but it was like early in the movie it was like the first half right so it didn't this movie didn't really have a big big climactic scene like stealing a vault or like you said going in space yeah i think i kind of like i I honestly did not mind this movie it was okay it's pretty good yeah yeah do you like it more than the last one because i I definitely like it more than the last one i don't even really remember the last one and i probably won't remember this one next year but you love these movies i love them like you even love six seven eight like you like the ones that are past the good one (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean, I if you were counting all of them, I love the original. Okay. And I kind of like um, Tokyo Drift. I love Tokyo Drift. Yeah. That's just I'll came out. Two when it was is cool. pretty forgettable. I, I don't need to watch two. And four is probably the worst one. Worst movie? Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I love the franchise as, as a whole. I mean, they, they're superheroes now, right? Yeah. They have superpowers. Cars don't damage them, uh-huh. especially Vin Diesel. And the funniest thing here, they're protecting his son, right? That's a big yeah. part of the movie. Right. I think his superpowers were inherited too by his son. Like his son <laughs> has superpowers too. Yeah, the beginning of the scene, he's like drifting. The this nine-year-old. <laughs> he, he's born behind a steering wheel. <laughs> come on, come on, yes. Um, what do you think about Jason Momoa's villain? Like, I think he was a pretty cool villain, better than some of the other ones. He's pretty dang eccentric, and yeah. I thought at first, like, okay, this is gonna, it's gonna be too much. Yeah. But after a while, I, I kind of was on the side of it. Like, I'm yeah, kind of laughing it. at it, yeah. right? And I, it's, it's very different than Vin Diesel's, like, straight face, deep voice. True, yeah. If we're gonna jump the shark, let's go ahead and jump the shark. Yeah, you're right. Right? Yeah. Go balls out with the character. Yeah. I, I think with his portrayal on this, like I looking back, I wish he was casted as Craven. Oh, really? Yeah, because oh. he's like very, uh, like I said, eccentric in this role. Yeah. That's what Craven is like in the comic book, right? Kind of. And I could still, he's like he's hunting in this movie. He's hunting sure. Vin Diesel. Yeah. So I can see that it totally works for me. And as far as the accent goes, he was supposed to be what Brazilian. Brazilian. They <laughs> gave that gave up on that quickly. It was it was gone basically after the first line. Yeah, he was born and then they raised in California. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I his Russian accent will be just as good as the Brazilian <laughs> accent. Let me tell you. So. So um, these movies will have twists. Yeah. Like uh, we're we're in deep spoilers already, right? So like in a six, Gina Carano's in it and she's teamed up as like the good guys. But twist, she's a bad guy, right? Yeah. So this one has a similar twist. Alan Richton, um, who I am a big fan of. He He's plays, a cool actor. Um, Hawk in the Titan series. He plays Reacher. Yeah, Jack Reacher, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it's good. I hope this projects, like, propels him into a higher status of career and gets more movies and roles and stuff. Yeah. But um, he does a twist. He reveals by the end he's working for Jason Momoa. So uh, 
those twists I I see coming a mile away now. Oh yeah. So the twists that I don't see coming is they have to literally bring people back to life. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't see that coming, really. I mean, like, it's like, are they really going to do this? And then when they do it, it's like, of course. Of, all right, of course it happened. Yeah. I got to say, they made Alan Richton look pretty bad in this movie. Like, I think bad. they gave him, like, a suntan or something, and they whited his teeth. Like, he's he looks bad <laughs> uh, okay. visually. Like, they did something to him. I guess he got a tan. Yeah, it looks weird. He looks, Cause, he looks okay. radioactive. It's actually in line with the movie, because if we're talking spoilers, like I said, uh, he's a bad guy. He's He was living in Brazil for a long time oh he's sunburned yeah okay i think it makes sense it's actually in line with the story it's a story beat okay yeah we, we need our writers <laughs> or else we'd miss these things okay yeah yeah um i i enjoyed it i don't think it's the best one i don't think it's the worst one um, I, I was surprised how much i liked it because i'm yeah. the hater yeah you know it probably is better than the last one where john cena was the villain yeah i probably like this one more I think this cemented that I think John Cena was a good addition to the franchise. Yeah, because now he can be John Cena. Just be John Cena. Yes, yeah. right. Because this one, good. he's a good guy, and he's protecting the his nephew, Dom's son. And he's like a smiley. He's like Peacemaker the whole time. Right. Yes. Yeah. So uh, is the cast getting too big, though, with all of these characters? No. no. It's just fine. No, we could double it. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was counting it. There are, I think, four, three or four um, cameos in this movie or or people in this movie that are from James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. 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 The, the Rat Catcher. Rat Catcher. She plays like Elena's sister from Brazil. Yeah. I think she was a good addition too. Yeah. Um, Pete Davidson just appears for a scene. I forgot. Yeah. He is in Suicide Squad. Yeah. And John Cena. Right. Yeah. So um, it, it's anyone you could get in Hollywood that's kind of like in that range. Atmosphere. Let's get him in. Yeah. Work him in. Yeah. I got to work my way into a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> and uh, I think what it is they said is this is the beginning of a final trilogy. So there's going to be two more. Really? Two more? Oh, yeah. I thought there was only one more. Because. I think they're like, we, let's make two more. <laughs> this felt like the Infinity War of the Fast, <laughs> Fast and the Furious movies because it was, spoiler alert, right? It leaves on a cliffhanger, right? Yeah. So I, I, th- I thought it was like the next movie's the last one because no. uh, ultra spoiler alert, like the end credit scene, right? Yeah. They, they reintroduce The Rock, right? right? His character is playing an element in the Fast and the Furious now. Uh-huh. And do you remember like that whole conversation on like on Twitter or whatever with Vin Diesel and The Rock? Yeah, there's real life drama between them. They were angry at each other other right because they work differently but then recently like he was like come on little brother let's let's finish this line that's playing let's go into this for the fans for the the story yeah and so i think that's gonna that's interesting you know what the rock's response was to that what was it it was something like um good luck with you guys but i'm good or something like that yeah but i mean he appears at the end of the movie yeah so my question is is this all kayfabe like is this wrestler (laughs) faking out are they best friends I could see him being in the next movie, but share zero scenes with the main Fast and Furious people. Because it's all globe chopping. Yeah, because like in this one, they're all pretty split up. They'd, yeah. So I, I could see that where he doesn't have to work with any of them. And you know what? In real life, I don't even think he gets along with John Cena. Oh, because of why, why is that? Uh, I think there's a story where um, The Rock had already been retired. He's a movie star already. Yeah. And he came back to WrestleMania to wrestle John Cena to kind of like boost him up right. to the next level. 
and John Cena pretty much called him out on some things uh, live on TV. Wow. Because The Rock hadn't been wrestling for a while, right? Yeah. Hadn't been doing promos. So he wrote some lines on his hand. And oh. John Cena on live TV said, like, at least I don't have to write my lines on my hand. And that pissed off The Rock. And he's totally breaking the character. And he's, the whole... he's there to help John Cena out. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't need to be there. Yeah. The Rock. He's a movie star at this point. He's in Be Cool. Right. He's the Scorpion King. <laughs> Yeah, I think this may be the right time for The Rock to come back to Fast and the Furious, though. Yeah. I think the, the tides are like souring on him. Did you like his movie, Hobbs and Shaw? That's in the Fast and the Furious story. I actually think that was the most balls to the wall of all these Fast and the Furious movies. Kind of, yeah. I liked that one. So, so, sorry. <laughs> I kind of liked it. Like, Idris Elba was the villain in that. Yeah. Oh, the Black Sigma Man. <laughs> he had a very cool, like, motorcycle that was like a robot or something. Yeah, I think he had a super suit. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, he's Iron Man in this too? Yeah. Bring him back. What happened to him? He died. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, he's going to come back. So, he's definitely coming back. For sure. Yeah. It's written in stone. Um, yeah, I, I, I bet The Rock will... Maybe appear in one scene or something with Vin Diesel. Okay, yeah. I'm. I, I'm wondering if it is all just like fake. And he. I don't think it's fake. Yeah. But I think money solves everything. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Um, overall, um, I'd say if you, I mean, liked any of the Fast and Furious, you might like this one. But it's not for everybody. Would you give it a ten out of ten uh, for Fast and Furious movies? Yeah. I'll say this: for Fast and Furious movies, it's like a nine out of ten. Oh, okay. That's pretty high still. Yeah, but for regular movies. It's probably like a seven out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I, I was surprised how much I liked it. Yeah, uh, you have but, to like just give up. Yeah, you're in there for a summer blockbuster. Sit on your seat, enjoy it. Yeah, is that all you had to say about Fast Ten? Um, I guess there's. I could talk about it forever, but really? it all it'll, it'll be nonsense. <laughs> That's like, what the movie is. Like the movie itself? Yeah. Okay. So I guess that's it. Speaking of rock drama, I did watch something that was on the streamings uh, recently. Okay. Actually, now it's on. It's not on HBO Max. It's on The Max, right? Oh. Uh, I watched Shazam Fury of the Gods on on, the, oh. on Max. Okay. And, you know, I skipped it from in the theaters because yeah. bad reviews all around, it sounds like. Yeah. At the start of the movie, I kind of enjoyed it. Like the all the family kids and then they seemed like they were on board and they're like I like the jokes between the two of them, all all of them, right? Okay. The the guy that's got like a, a handicap, uh-huh. I thought he's really the star of the whole movie. I feel like still the the main character, the main actor that plays Billy Batson, is not working for me. I think it's because when he's just Sam, he's not there and the other kid's still there. Right. So he is more screen time like the other kid. Yeah. I think, yeah, like Zachary Levi seems more of a kid than the Billy Batson character, right? <laughs> Still, in this movie. Yeah. Um, and especially now that they're growing, growing up a bit. So there's like the the family dynamic is kind of fun at the beginning, but after a while, it just becomes black because... Not good? You, you, yeah, you get the, the villains that are wrongly casted. Okay, who are we talking about? We're talking about Helen Mirren yeah. and Lucy Liu, Lucy right? Lucy Liu, okay. And they're playing, uh, what is it, like the Daughters of Atlas. So like some type of ancient gods, kids that okay. are ruining the day because... And they're trying to bring up like an ancient world from their world, so it's going to disrupt everything, right? Uh-huh. And it's like it's formulaic and kind of sucky at the point. I, I think I, I like the heroes of the whole movie, but not the villains. Like they kind of just slowed it down too much. I see. And I guess it becomes like a CGI fest at the end. With there's some cool monsters at the end, but uh, I don't. I can't be on board with the whole thing. I, I was literally falling asleep by the end. Uh, of the I, movie. Def- I was asleep. Yeah, while you were watching just, it. 
I was uh, I was in an uncomfortable position. I was already falling straight asleep watching this movie. <laughs> I don't know. I did wake up for like the end part of it, and they're doing something about a staff. What was that about? Yeah, that's the the wizard staff, right? Oh, okay, so that's like the main thing. Yeah, the the wizard Shazam staff. I think it's broken in the first movie. Oh, and then that it breaking like unlocks ancient powers, and that's where they get their powers from. I guess. Okay. Uh, I think who was a good addition to this movie though was Rachel Zegler. So she plays like the third daughter of Atlas or whatever. She's the one from the girl from West Side Story, the Steven Spielberg one. Okay. And she's like the love interest of the handicapped brother, right? Okay. I thought she was a good addition. I, th- I thought she was fun in this role, but not enough to bring up the whole movie as a whole. It's not good, huh? It's not. Yeah. I think I think we're gonna stop here. I think I remember when it first released, right? Yeah. Right away, Zach Levi was on the defense. He was like, "The Rock. <laughs> it's The Rock's fault. It's Dwayne's it's fault." The Rock's fault. Yeah. It's not even in it. He was like, you don't think we want, we didn't want Henry Cavill in the first movie? You think, you think we, we didn't want to fight Black Adam in this movie? But it never happened, I think because, and that's why I think maybe people are souring the rock a bit. All these okay. stories about him. Yeah, I, I didn't watch, I watched the, literally like the last couple scenes because I was asleep and I woke up. Yeah. And you were watching, you watched the whole movie that session? Yeah, I kind of uh, pushed through it. I didn't realize I was asleep for that long. No, you are asleep for the whole movie. <laughs> um, Let's see. So yeah, it's just another bubblegum summer blockbuster movie. Yeah. Uh, but I have another thing for side stories, uh, something more deep, right? Okay. I, I read a comic book. Uh, actually, I couldn't find this anywhere digitally, so I had to actually get a library card. A what? <laughs> a library card. To, to re- I didn't buy it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to buy it online. But uh, I got this book called uh, Many Deaths of Layla Starr. It's All interesting. Right. It takes place in, in India, and it's it's a story about the like their god of death. I think, uh, you know, the, the, the god with many arms, that one. That's their god of death? I think so. Okay. So that god kind of like loses her role as the god of death. Uh And what happens is like, it's interesting how they do the gods. It's like almost like corporate corporate culture there. Like they have like, when you see them, it looks like they're in the office. All right. In this comic book. And then what happens is the the her boss says the mortals mm-hmm. the the human that's going to invent the the technology for immortality was recently born so we're not going to need a god of death anymore so you're fired basically <laughs> So that the god of death gets to live a life of a human and gets like put in a human's body. And that human is Layla Starr. So that's the character that she's going to live in. And the reason why she goes into that body is because it's going to be near the the baby that that is going to invent the technology for immortality. And the whole question is, is she going to like kill the person that's going to invent immortality so she can get her drawback? All right. But the other gods put her there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Interesting. And it's interesting premise, right? Uh, it's written by this guy called Ram V, who's a, I think he's Indian himself. Uh-huh. And he's like the it guy now in comics. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think he's like uh, working on Swamp Thing. And I think he's on Batman right now. Okay, cool. So he's pretty damn big. Uh, there's another book he's got called These Savage Shores that I think is like... I think I've heard of that. Yeah. I forgot what publisher it is, it's on, but it's like the 1700s pirates in India. Interesting. Yeah. So really interesting story premise there. I, I want to pick that up too. I can't find it online either. So maybe yeah. I'll have to go to the library, check it out. Yeah. But uh, this this book is really actually pretty deep because it's like she her as Layla Starr keeps dying and gets brought back to life as that character. And she like every time she runs into the... the 
kid as he grows up he's like should i kill him at this point or not <laughs> but really you're just like seeing the life of this guy grow up and it's kind of deep and beautiful of a story okay mm-hmm. yeah i think it's like one of like the top like books of 2021 or 2022 the year it came out it's yeah. like one of those like jump uh launched this guy's career really is he the artisan or is there another person doing i think the there's someone else i love the work of it the artwork but i can't remember the artists on okay. it but yeah it's really interesting it has a lot of like purple and orange tones because mm. they're make, trying to make it look like it's very hot there it's india yeah right it's like a bustling city like a lot of the shots are the cityscape of mumbai oh cool yeah really big city i feel like yeah yeah that's a, a comic i've been enjoying that's cool and you don't get to see a lot about india in comic books yeah yeah so i think he's like you know trying to represent for his culture nice. too pretty cool all right we'll have to check that out yeah uh, anything else you want to bring up that's all i had to say really okay well guys if you haven't already please don't forget to subscribe to the reader copy podcast and if you really want to help, you could leave us a review. Um, if you've done that on our Apple podcast page, I think you could do it on Spotify now. And that could help uh, people find us as well. So if you can, uh, leave us a review on Spotify. Yes, yeah, spread the word on all those platforms. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're at the Reader Copy Podcast, where we can continue to talk about comic books over there. All right, we'll be back next week with a brand new comic. Uh, until then, Daniel, could you hit him with the outro? If you like what we had to say about the book, pick it up and read your copy. See ya. Yeah.